t-shirts that are available, uh, check out the website zenbitchslap.com. And so to start off, let's go back to uh, those basic pages in the 60s of the big book. I don't know if this is one of your lost pages, Paul. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go back to our standby on 62. Right. Selfish. Okay. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, although he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer being all powerful. He provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves and 
are little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, we enjoyed peace of mind as we discovered we could uh, face life successfully as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. Ta-da! <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. You're welcome. I could see as we turned the page, you uh, the storm of Mickey picked up power there. <laughs> Went into the when we sincerely. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Uh, if you're new here, this is not an AA meeting. We're just going to share certain points of view that we've grown into that have solidified our experience of the problem does not exist for us, truly. So I'm just going to read what Mickey read and just give a little take on uh, how we would see it or how I would see it from this understanding of self as a foreign entity or a pathogen or a parasitical movement or demonic possession, however you want to state it, but a recognition that it is not us. Yeah, not us. That it was not us, that it is not us, that it will be not us. So here it says, I think we started with, here you go, selfishness, self-centeredness. So that should be a hint <laughs> of what has defeated us. That we think is the root of our troubles. So what would be self-centeredness? Well, looking at everything from self-centeredness is you see everything as how it pertains to you. You see everything as how it pertains to you. And in this situation, the you, everything is pertaining to, we're saying is not you. It's just that simple. So self-centeredness is a system of thought and memory and perception that's infected, obviously, with this idea of being a self. And that self-centeredness sees everything as, as how it pertains to the self-centeredness. So the center of the system obviously is self. And we're saying here that self is not us. Yeah, as clear, very clearly stated on page 64, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We're not self. Yeah, Self is a foreign intrusion or something else, however you want to look at it. Yeah. So... In selfishness, self-centeredness. So selfishness would be a high level of selfing, yes? <laughs> to a point of we're consumed with selfishness. Yeah. And self-centeredness. This is the root of our troubles. This is out of our book. It's not a description from an adjunct book from ancient religion or Buddhism. It's basically saying... The root of our troubles, which is what has defeated us, is self. Yeah, it says it in a different way than page 64, 
but it's the same point, yeah? So there's very clear in the big book what the exact nature of the wrong is. Now, the wrong is this identification of self. How that nature of the wrong keeps defeating us is through the act of being identified as it, yeah? So thoughts about self are taken to be thoughts about us, yeah? Yapping about self in our head, we think it's yapping about us. When a manifestation of self comes through us, we call it ours. That's the act of being identified as self. It's happening all day. Yeah. Now, what's incredible is that does not have to stop because it's not you in the act of being identified as self. It's the mental activity. So if you are aware of it and you're not taking yourself to be it, there is a possibility of being relieved from it. Not having it removed, but losing interest in it, like it says in this these paragraphs. So I'm just going to read it, all right? How The way we would see it from where we're seeing it now. So selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think these are attributes of something foreign to us. Yeah, that are being imposed on us, actually. That we think is the root of our troubles. Driven, driven, driven. The word driven precludes you as the driver. Yes, obviously. The description of you being driven means you're not the driver. <laughs> the driver would have been the one that's driving, not the driven. They're driven would be the car, so to speak. Yeah. So driven by a hundred forms. Wow. A hundred forms. A hundred forms. Of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking and self-pity. So there's form of seeking called self-seeking. That's not you seeking. It's self-seeking. Yeah. Self-seeking is is seeking through you to get its agenda met. It's like a parasite that's jacking into the brain of the host, and it's using the host to take it where the parasite wants to go. And we all know this. We may not have an understanding of it, but doesn't it seem weird that thousands of us thinking we're unique, special, very strange uh, anomalies end up at the same three parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. I mean, you've got to realize there's something that's driving all of us. It's not us. <laughs> it takes us to somewhere and then it drops us off. And then you fucking wake up in a fucking rehab once again. Yeah, your possibility severely limited because now if you don't stop drinking, nothing else is going to fucking work. So you got to do the same old, same old, which you think you know all about going to a meeting, not drinking this hour and day and time, da da da. And you're not fucking taking walks in the park or shit like that. You've got to fucking get this parasite into control because you can't control it. Yeah. It's rode you into the ground, yeah, and something else, which is the higher power, through the auspices of this program of recovery, something else will relieve us of this bondage of self. It states it right in these paragraphs. You're doing 
you're trying to get out of it ain't going to succeed. Yeah. So selfishness, selfish, selfish, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles. Self manifested in various ways that we think is the root of our troubles. Yes. Self has defeated us. Self does not mean us. It means something else. All right. Driven by a hundred forms. That's amazing. So we look at a couple of the manifestations, the common ones in our first inventory. But here they're saying there's hundreds of forms of this shit going through us. Self-pity. This is not your pity. It's self-pity. You're being imposed upon by self-pity. You're having the experience of pity imposed upon you by self. You're looking at life through self's eyes and you feel sorry for your fucking self. And you start whining and complaining and all this shit and you resent and da-da-da-da-da-de and all of these are weak echoes because you're in the dilemma of powerlessness. Yes? It's having its way with us. When we chirp in with a possibly, can we do something else different today? No, you don't. You do the same old fucking same old because you've got no power. Yeah. Are you power? Yes. Do you have any power? No. That's the dilemma. Are you powerful? Yes. Are you exhibiting any power? No. We step on the toes. This was mind-boggling to me when I came in. These descriptions fit so many of my experiences. The intimacy of having my pants pulled down by the the book of AA was mind-boggling. And this was one of the biggest ones in the beginning. Because at first, I did not see my role in things, obviously. <clears throat> yeah, or its role in things, especially self. Yeah, I was so identified as self. I was trying to try to hide self's role in my life because I thought it was my role in my life. Yes, it's amazing. And then I did the inventory. First one, I did not see the connection between Wendy leaving me and my role in it. Now, didn't. Yeah. Until I went to the Joe and Charlie seminars and the light went on. When they talked about the fourth step, I got it. I went back to my motel room at the break, did an inventory. Yeah, about 45, an hour and a half. Wrote it down because I saw my role in things. And that was the beginning of seeing self's role in things. Because in this condition, I'm calling self's role my role. Yeah, what I'm trying to avoid is seeing my role, but I'm actually acting as a camouflage to self's role. You see it? It's like I have a fucking like twin that's doing terrible things. I'm trying to disguise that he's the fucking culprit because it, he looks just like me. Yeah. All right. So this is just an opinion, a humble opinion. If it can, if it lands, great. It's going to take you somewhere. Yeah. All right. We step on the toes of our fellows. All right. So basically, driven by all this shit, this self. We step on out on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. This is what we're driven to. We start stepping on people's fucking toes and they retaliate. 
sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation. Yeah, most of the time, it seems like we didn't do shit. <laughs> we don't deserve what happened. But we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self. What? Yeah. Which later placed us in a position to be hurt. Yep. Now, sometimes later is like 10 minutes. Other times it may be a couple of years. Who knows? Yeah. But basically the head can forget the 10 minutes or the couple of years. Seemingly. So this is the diagnostic. This is a diagnosis and really an anatomy of what happens. We're driven by all these, these winds of self. They tend us tend to bring us into the point where we're stepping on a lot of people with selfishness, inconsiderateness, self-seeking, frightened. They retaliate. What the fuck? I mean, I thought they would just roll over and take it because I'm such a special person and a character. No, they actually don't particularly like how I'm treating them. They retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past. So invariably means basically all the time. Yeah. If you look, you're going to see. <laughs> this is why the parasite doesn't want you to do an inventory. It does not want you to look because if you look, you're going to see. You are. You're going to see what's going on. Its whole determination is have you not look. You know, keep blaming others, keep living in the grievance, keep thinking they're doing it. Yes, yes, yes. Everyone in a bar does step one and two, the column one and two of the fourth step. Every one of them. They knew who they they know who they're mad at and why. And it just leads to another freaking drink. Our inventory goes to the fourth column, which is to see our role in things. Now people love yapping at a bar, but when they come in AA, it's like pulling teeth to get them to do an inventory. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. Months it could take. <laughs> the parasite does not want you to see it. It loves taking inventories on others. It doesn't want you to take an inventory on yourself because you're going to see its influence. Yeah. If you have a right understanding, we're hoping just to put out this understanding, literally. Yeah. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation. Da, da, da. We made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to hurt to be hurt. Do you did you know that you were making decisions based on self when you were making your decisions? I didn't at all. Yeah. Do I know that now? Yes, I do. Hallelujah, recovery. Yeah. So our troubles, wow. So our troubles, this is where I disagree with the book in a way. This is where we're just putting a different uh, conclusion to the recognition, yeah? So when it says, so our tr troubles we think are basically of our own making. I don't believe they're of our own making. I think we're the factory that makes it but what's directing the factory is self, yes? Yeah. It seems like to be a minor distinction, but it's a huge distinction. I believe we do make the shit up. It has to happen through us. But I do not believe we're directing the manufacturing of the misery. I don't. I do not believe it. 
for a second. So this is where I would change it a little. They arise out of ourselves. I would say they arise out of self. Yeah. I think they're speaking from an identification as self there when they say they arise out of ourselves. I believe they arise out of self. Yeah. And the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, not your will, self-will. Self-will is not your will. If it was, you wouldn't be arguing with it for hours before you have that new that first drink. Yeah. You wouldn't be hoping that you won't do what it's telling you you're gonna do, and yet you probably do it again. Yeah, yeah. If it was you, you would just fucking do it. But something has to talk you into doing what it wants. So what's talking to you is not you. It's presented as you so that you'll listen to it. Because if you see it as not you, you're probably not going to listen to it because it's fucking insane. <laughs> Seriously, it wants to do the same shit that brought you to hell again, expecting another result. <laughs> That's what it does. No matter how it clothes it, it has the same intention. intention. Yeah. It wants you to drink because your world of possibility shrinks unbelievably when you drink again. It does. I mean, before you drink, this is why we talk about What's it? What's the difference of an alcoholic and a recovering alcoholic? One calls you after they drink. The other one calls you before they drink. Before they drink, there's a lot of possibilities still. After they drink, it shrinks. You have to say the same thing you've said to everyone else. You got to go to meetings. Got to do this. Got to do that. It's just really, it's the whole, it just shrinks. And the other thing grows, yes? Yeah. Yeah. So. So our troubles, we think I'm going to change the wording because this is how it sounds like to me. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our no, are basically of self's making. They arise out of self and the alcoholics is an extreme example of self will run riot. Yeah. Though he usually doesn't think so. Why that? Why is that? Because of the parasite is like a fucking octopus with the purple ink, you know? It's just keeping us in the dark constantly. So you don't even, who tells you, most people that know you know you're an addict and alcoholic way before you fucking admit it, yes? What's up with that? Most people do not know you have cancer before you know you have cancer. They don't, yeah? You proclaim it on Facebook or something, you tell that, start telling everyone. And they're like, what? I had no idea. But with alcoholism, most people who've had just a cursory uh, engagement with you know you're fucked. You're an alcoholic. Yet you don't. That's incredible. I mean, it would be like everyone else knows you have the flu, but you don't know you have the flu. <laughs> But wouldn't you see that the that disease that has you not knowing you have it has a strategy that most things don't have? Yes. Yeah. The problem resides in the mind, as we say. 
It's fucking tricky. We're usually the last one to know that we're fucked. You would think being fucked, you would be close to being the first one to know. No one had to tell me I was run over by a car after I got run over by a car. I was super clear I got run over by the car. <laughs> super clear. There was no confusion whatsoever that I had been run over by a car. And I didn't get a call in the hospital. Paul, I want to tell you, you got run over by a car. Thanks, man. I understand that. I was there. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Do you mind if I keep riffing on this? Yeah, let's go. So our troubles, we think, are basically of self's making. They arise out of self, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything. Above everything. Wow. Sometimes the way what they say is so absolute, it's incredible, eh? So above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. Yes, yes. We must be rid of this parasite. Now, if we are the parasite, you could not get to the point of being rid of it. That would have to happen through death or suicide or something yeah but we can be rid of it because it's not us yeah that's the great news it's not us it talks to us it believes it's us it walks around thinking it's us but it's not us above everything we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness we must it we must or it kills us God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Yes. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. What is that but a dilemma of powerlessness? Yeah. So there's power, but we can't deliver it. Why? Because something else is usurping the power and using it for its own end, yeah? So we get left feeling powerlessness when it's feeling quite powerful. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much because this is the situation. If you're in the act of being identified as self, the first warning you need to hear is self can't get out of self. And it's saying it right here. It says, basically, neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. Because at that point, our own power is in the con control of something else. Self, yeah? Self cannot get out of self. We had to have God's help. And then he comes to the most important conclusion. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Now, to me, what quit playing God looks like is losing interest in the thoughts that are being broadcast all day. Yeah, Not so much the thoughts, but losing interest in the MY, the my of the thoughts. I do not believe tons of thoughts that we all share that we could call alcoholic thoughts are my thoughts. I don't. 
I think I'm listening to a thought system. Yeah. And in that listening to the thought system, I take it to be me, which is not the case. Yeah. And this is the bondage of self. I am listening to the thought system play God and I allow it to. Yeah. Because I have no other God available at that point. I'm listening to my head as if it's the Greek oracle. Yeah. Even though it's presented and has failed me miserably, I keep finding myself relying on it through this act of being identified as it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is about telling the truth. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. How many people are trying on their own power to recover through the program of AA? Instead of admitting the powerlessness and relying on something greater than us to do it for us, yeah? Become the tool that's being employed, not someone that's wielding the tool, yeah? Like it says, we're gonna have a new employer and the word employ means to use, yes? And that implies there was an old employer. So something has been using us all the time. It's what's using us is going to make the difference. Yes. And our, our basic choice or preference in recovery is either trusting the finite self or trusting the infinite. Yeah. And we are the trust. That trust is either going to the finite self through this trance setting fucking addiction or it's being going to the infinite, which is going to relieve us from the bondage of self. Yeah. Self is definitely not going to relieve us from the bondage of self. <laughs> it's been it's been promising that for fucking years. It can't do it. Yeah. So this is now how why I've at first quit playing God. To me, when I tried to quit playing God, that was playing God. What I feel quit playing God means is I lose interest in that which is playing God. So when I tried to quit playing God, that was playing God. I couldn't do it. But how what it worked was when I lost interest in that which is playing God and I allow God, or let's call it the higher power, so I can show you what happened with me. First, the idea of the higher power of, of your own understanding after a couple of months in recovery, it turned into the higher power of its own understanding. So I have turned my will and life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding, not my understanding. My understanding is would be an act of playing God, basically, with the higher power. I much rather find out what the higher power has in store for me Instead, tell, instead of telling it what I want to be in store for me. Yes? Yeah. So, okay, this, so quit playing God, it doesn't work. And then here comes the main conceptual theme of our dancing in recovery, which is being led by the higher power. Yeah. So next we decided, so first, See that you're not that which is playing God. And then you, not it, you, from the innermost, not it, from the mental state, but you as the innermost, 
decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God or a higher power, let's say, was going and is going to be our director. Yes? So at this point, you don't make a decision based on self. You make a decision based on the innermost. Yeah? And you decide, hopefully with the knowledge that you have fucked and you're not managerial quality, that you're going to allow... You know, you're going to hope for, you're going to pray for something to give you a new direction. Yeah. And what is that something? The higher power, whatever it is for you. Yeah. So, okay. Next, we decided, this is not a decision based on self. We decided that hereafter in the drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal, we are his agents. He is the father, we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, which is this is a good idea. It's a great idea, really. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch. So like they used to always explain at the Joe and Charlie's, a keystone is what everything else rests on in an archway, yes? So this is what the program, as we go on living recovery, this is what... This is the theme of the program, a reliance on something greater than you. Yeah. Many good ideas are simple, and this concept was and is the keystone of the new and triumphant arch to which we pass to freedom. And what is what is freedom? First of all, freedom initially is from drinking and using. Then it's freedom from the bondage of self. In most cases, the secondary freedom is not going to be reached until the first freedom gets established, which is freedom from alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Or whatever it is that's keeping that addictive nature alive. First things first, that has to be stabilized, a relief from that. And then what happens is we outgrow the previous conditions of self-centeredness and we grow into a new condition of reliance on a higher power. Yep. Our life looks totally different because the orchestra has a new director. Yeah. It's not emphasizing 20 minutes of uh, Inagata DeVita electric guitar solos about you. It's more of a giant chorus and choir and lovely, some cello, some violin, some cymbals. Yes. You get played by something. Yeah, so that's my, that's how I see it today. I'm a believer that you are not the manufacturing of your own misery. I do not believe it. I do not believe that you hate yourself. I believe something hates you. I do not believe you're your own worst enemy, uh, only unless you're in the act of being identified as self. Then you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks, Mickey. Thank you, Paul. I think this is uh, uh, all leading up to our uh, our crescendo, our our uh, big bang of the whole program that we find on sixty four. Yes. 
Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I would say self is probably the most used <laughs> word in the first 164 pages. I don't know for sure, but they, that's, it's talked about on over and over again, especially in how it works, obviously. And when you were out there being driven by it, it sure didn't seem like you were making any choices. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why you're allowing it to provoke guilt and shame about those things you did that you didn't make a choice to do. I don't, I do not see, I see when I meet people that have a lot of time and they're still in a lot of guilt and shame for what they did under the influence, I feel that's the exact thing we're trying to speak about. Right. That, that the parasite is still living. It doesn't <laughs> have as much food, but it's still living on the whole of like a barnacle on the whole of recovery. It's just still there, sucking yeah. a little bit of life out. Yeah. I well, mean, it doesn't it have the amplifi amplification that drugs and alcohol give it, but yeah. it's still there. It's still well, it has the past. Out. You see, honey? Yeah, yeah. It still has the past, and it's still working the future. You bet. So it's having you, even though you may not be fucked now, you were the one fucking up then. And it dwells on that shit. And then it projects that it's going to be like that in the future. It it it's playing God has been severely limited. It plays God in the past and future now. Mm -hmm. It does a lot of what it does is reminding us of shit, and then producing an anxiety of a future that will probably have some of that shit in it. Yeah, yeah, it's been disarmed for many of us at the moment. In this moment, it's completely disarmed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the only place it can really uh, affect anything is where it resides, and it, which is in the head. It's not causing fucking arrest right now or overdoses and shit like that, but it's still affecting, yeah, the head. And so we're being influenced by a past and a future that it plays God with. So a lot of people right now are not feeling good and it has nothing to do with this moment it has to do with what's being dwelled on this this moment which is yesterday and tomorrow sure yeah, yeah. so it it's keeps us, totally keeps us out blocks us from the here and now but it happens in the here and now that's the funny exactly. part <laughs> it blocks us seemingly off from the here and now in the here and now so <laughs> it can't get rid of the here and now but it does the next best thing and it has us unconscious in the here and now yeah sure, sure. when we're yeah. having a conscious presence of self we're somewhat unconscious what keeps us asleep exactly so the conscious of the presence of the higher power does the opposite. It's you're alert and available and present. Being super conscious of self, you're unconscious. <laughs> Mostly. You are. And that's what we awaken from. That's right. That's the spiritual awakening from a manufactured sleep of the mental state. Yes. 
we don't awaken to spirit. We are spirit. We awaken from a mental condition. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And the spiritual growth is actually a mental diminishment. You just stop relying on that, which is not reliable. And then there's, then you grow in reliance with that, which is reliable. You don't have to go to God. You're there already. You have to leave <laughs> yourself. That's the point. This is not about going to God. You're not going anywhere. The moment is always here. You're leaving something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. I'm growing in my spiritual awakening. No, you're, you're losing interest in the mental development. Right. And the mental de development at that moment may be your supposed spiritual condition. So it's getting a huge amount of spiritual pride and sucking up the same fucking blood out of the spiritual body as it does us. Yeah. Yeah. And and gives us that false identification. Yes, for sure. For sure. You got to, now you have a better, more polished self. <laughs> but there's a bondage there. Self is the bondage. It's not self is having, is, is getting bound. Self is the bondage. Being a spiritual self is bondage, just as an addict self is bondage. Like Kurt describes those gold-plated handcuffs. They're still self, handcuffs. Self is the bondage. It's not That's self that. is in bondage, and you're going to free self. Self is the bondage. It's called the bondage of self. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it can be bound. I've seen it. I have opportunities to speak at a lot of different spiritual groups. I don't have much now anymore, <laughs> but uh, you could, you would see spiritual addiction fucking blossoming, man. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. Yes. So self is not, uh, it just wants any horse to ride. It doesn't matter what <laughs> you're involved with. It's going to, Claim to be the one involved with it. Yes. Yeah. Even the, uh, the self getting out of self. Oh, it can wear some interesting clothing when it's in the idea of self getting out of self robes, loving gazes. <laughs> oh, it can, uh, it can get pretty slick. <laughs> self getting out of self, meaning never getting out of self. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You don't get out of self. You see you're not in it. That's what I see. Yeah. You just see you're not it. <laughs> That's all. And you lose interest in it. And you lose interest in it. You lose interest in the in it and then it wanting to get out of it. You lose interest in all of it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you want to well, open Kim, it? Kim had her hand up. Kim, would you like to come back in? Let me find Kim. Um, yeah, I would, uh, thanks. I think this is an interesting conversation. And, um, for me recently, I've been, um, the thing I struggle a lot with is if I recognize that I am not self, my mind wants to construct what I am. 
And it's almost, it is impossible, I think, for my mind to construct that I am not self. And um, when, so I, I struggle a lot with, well, if I'm not self, then what am I? And it's impossible to answer that question. So I notice that I get stuck a lot in trying to figure that out, which is more of the problem. Um, and then I was thinking on job interviews a lot of times or perform employee performance reviews, they always say like there's a skill that people have um, about whether they can see the forest through the trees. And for the longest time, I, you know, in my early 20s, I didn't really understand what they were talking about. Like, what do you mean looking at the forest through the trees? Um, and I realized that just as a way to zoom out, right? Like as the tree, I can't see that I'm not the tree, that I'm the forest. But that doesn't make me a rotten tree. It just makes me uh, an unknowing tree. And the thing I struggle with here a lot is getting this idea in my head that self is bad or self is the enemy because in my mind, it's not, it's just a child and it doesn't know that it's a tree in the forest. And it is God consciousness or uh, the non-self, our real self that is able to zoom out and see, oh, I see the forest through the trees. And um, so I just wanted to share that because I've been struggling a lot with, with the whole idea that, you know, character defects and self is, has to be dead. And that just like, I get a resistance for that. And while it sounds great, if I was a Buddhist monk, um, I wouldn't need a self to, go to the grocery store, but I do need some version of something to go to the grocery store. And so I just wanted to share that that has been my experience. It's kind of like um, if you're gonna take a, something away from a baby um, or a child, a toddler, if you're gonna take their popsicle away, you know, you better be ready to hand them an ice cream cone in order for them to gladfully hand it over. Um, otherwise they're gonna cling to that popsicle that's dripping and they're going to miss the ice cream cone unless you tell them like you're going to get something better and it's going to taste way better and have a look at this <laughs> and they'll gladly give up their popsicle that's what I struggle with in my mind so that's all I want to share well thank you you said a number of four or five different things yes do you want me to respond to it if you want, I mean, sure, I don't. Oh, no, I don't have to. Then you just, uh, I would just say, keep coming back if you're interested here. Yeah. And see. Yeah. Yeah. We paint a picture of self because if you believe it's part of you, it believes it's all of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, it has a tendency or a nature that's different. I I see, I understand that, but in this state of mind that I'm in right now, for example, I do have a reprieve of the delusion that I am self. But I'm aware of self. 
it just, I see it in, I like, I have, in this moment, I'm experiencing self as, you know, this neutral uh, construct of something. I don't, it's not good or bad or whatever, it just is. And from a bigger, a different point of view, I have compassion almost for that self because it's flailing so hard out in the ocean and it thinks that it is all there is and I feel sad for that and the compassion makes me I don't know there's I just feel there's a sense of compassion for that parasite that is struggling so hard and just doesn't know any better mm, all right I'll leave you with that. So yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and Paul, we have another hand from a Mr. iPhone. Mr. Hey, iPhone. Paul, it's Christian. Oh, Christian. oh there you, you go. <laughs> I know Christian. Hey, man. So I am... Um... What I wanted to ask you to riff on a bit was a little bit more about the nature of a higher power. Um, you know, you stated, you know, we had to quit playing God, which you took out of the text, which, you know, it is an obvious way to play God. My concern or what I'm struggling with now is kind of this bridge between agnosticism and true belief of that a higher power can actually do for me what I needed to do. As, or put another way, diminish self and increase or improve my reliance upon higher power. Uh, can you talk to that a little bit? I'll, I'm going to go back on mute. Uh, well, well, I think the nature of the higher power is that it, well, we're using the term God, but that it is that God. And what the head is doing is trying to play God. Playing God doesn't, is I don't believe, has the same feeling or rolls out the same way in people's life of something being God. Yeah. And to me, the nature of that which is being God feels quite different how it directs or communicates to us than that which is playing God. And that which is playing God, I don't see as God. I don't see as a God-like activity. I see it as mentally derived and, and being defined and uh, by its own system or program. I do not believe that program is AI and it's growing in awareness. I believe it just does the same thing like it always does. So that which is playing God, let's use the word God. I'm not into that much, but that which is playing God is much different than that which is being God. And I feel recovery has brought me into a, a presence or an awareness of that which is being God. And by having that influence, I I humbly feel like I can see that which is playing God. 
as not me. And that's fundamentally the distinction that was needed here. Yeah. There would needed to be a distinction between that which is playing God and that and then being God. And that distinction was given. And then I was introduced to a way of life that further cl uh, clarified that distinction for the last many, many years. So being God is sort of revelatory. Uh, it doesn't have like a right angle uh, geometry to me. It can get to A by going to K first. It doesn't go linear. Sometimes you get solutions to now for future problems and things like that. And uh, having having this radio tuned to that station has been quite uh, influ in influential in how this life has looked and how it's played out and the qualities that are available to it, like enjoying peace of mind, sensing a conscious presence, feeling new power flow in. And every day that power flowing in feels new. And uh, the freshness of that which is being God is amazing. And the staleness of the presentation of that which is playing God uh, is so distinctly contrasted. Yeah. Now, of course, as our friend Kim said, that which is playing God has a role, but I definitely do not believe its role is God. Yeah, I do not. And so if it's in the habit of playing, which is fine, but not playing God, <laughs> I just don't want it to be in that position or take it to be that which is playing God. Uh, so I feel that that's what a spiritual awakening too. You get fed by more sources and you get more new sources than that, just that which is playing God. And you get fed, which uh, in ways that are impossible for that which is playing God to feed you because it fucking doesn't know a lot of stuff and it's based in a failed system <laughs> yeah so yeah that to me is the nature of god god is being it's not playing playing is something else being is something else and there is something that's being in my life that gives me uh, a reprieve from that which is playing in my life yeah almost like uh the product that's being uh, advertised on a weird radio station and the product has been mutated into something that I can't even recognize when I'm in the presence of the product, yeah? <laughs> Which is being God. So, uh, yeah. Paul is... Is this is this not what we're offered uh, <clears throat> by a God of God's understanding rather than a God of our yes. understanding? Yes. yes, definitely. Yes. 
See, it's described on the third step promises, you know, you'll be in the conscious presence, enjoy peace of mind. Those are all, and then you'll be placed in a position of neutrality with any, without any thought or effort on your part. That's being something. That's not playing something. Yeah? Yeah. So, uh, and then the the great dilemma of powerlessness is explained quite emphatically in your own experiences, the distinction between trusting finite self and trusting the infinite. They're moved, what they do with trust, the way it's moved and is completely different. Yeah. It would be like the difference of you have a package and you want to send it and you send it by truck or by plane. It would be that different. Yeah. So I feel uh, after you rub shoulders with it for over a period of time, it gets quite intimate. And you have now the ability to see the distinction of that which is playing God and then the being God. <laughs> Very, and uh, that distinction was muddied in the past and it led to a lot of situations and circumstances I'd rather not relive, to tell you the truth. Now I feel it's quite clear because I don't need to be clear about that which is being God. I need to be clear about that which is playing God. <laughs> and one clarity I need is that it's not God. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. And uh, this is where I get a little bit of uh, uh, restrained caution when it comes to making friends with self, so to speak, because I think this idea of selfing has a nature of a, a parasitical nature. And like the lady, the story with the lady who finds the snake that's been hurt and then brings it back to health and kiss, you know, feeds it and this and that. And then it's walking around under an assumption and the assumption was wrong and it was realized quickly when the snake bites her with seemingly without provocation. And then she looks at the snake and go, Mr. Snake, why did you bite me? And it says, I'm a snake. Yeah. So to me, the idea of self has a nature uh, that doesn't have a wide berth or a large spectrum. It's self-centered. It's got a certain myopic tendency that's built in. It's not doing it like Kim was saying. I don't see any hatred in it. Does the parasite, is there a mean parasite? It's the parasitical nature that's the that sets the the uh relationship. It's not the nature, you know, is he a nice parasite? It could be, but it's got a parasitical nature. That's the that's what I think you have to see is it has a parasitical nature. And what it what it meets, it infects, so to speak. And so, uh, yeah, that's my humble take on it. So, yeah, the nature of God to me is being that which is playing God is something of time. It's doing a lot. It's saying a lot. It's professing a lot. But it can't actually bring much of much uh, up unless it has something called us under its wing, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure.
That's why the being of, of the nature of that power to me is being, it's not doing or having. Yeah. So, yeah, we look at, you know, you're placed in a position of neutrality. What does that sound like? With no thought or effort on your part. It sounds like something is doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Why not expand on what you can't do for yourself and what self cannot do for yourself? Yeah. And then maybe you'll see the qualities that self has that's, that are good. And But the idea of, of being seen or professing that it's God in your life, well, we've seen the effects of that. So, yeah. One, isn't this what is is described when we turn our will or our thoughts and our lives or our actions over to the care of a God of God's understanding? Yes, yes. And then when we turn our playing over to the truth. Yes. So then the, we have a lot of aspects of us. And they'll be directed differently from self or that, let's say, the higher power. And over time, you'll recognize the difference by the amount, you know, it's like Jesus said, a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You'll know the tree by its fruit. So you'll know the God by its effects. Yeah. And the difference of that which is playing God and that which is being God is quite profound, obviously. Yeah. Anyone else? Thanks, Paul. I don't see any hands. Anybody want to chime in here? If, if not, we'll say goodbye and stuff. And uh, looks it's like just... it's about that time, Paul. Yeah. Thank you, Mickey, for a uh, lovely. Uh, Conducting of the <laughs> the empty space today. I had Great. nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, we got Rick Rowe, Toronto. Nice to see you, Rick. Rico, thank you for your uh, text, Rico. Thank you. Terry, as always. Terry and Mean. Sarah, nice to see Sarah. We got my friend in South Carolina. Yes, there he is. Roman Mueller, Kim, nice to see Kim. John S. from Florida, Kurt Z. Driving around uh, Redondo Beach. Nick V. We got Kurt Z and Nick V. Well, wow, that's cool. John K. There he is. Thank you for that, uh, the nice Christmas stuff. Oliver Berlin. Hope all's well there. Axel in Munich. Wow, we got a we got a German power block in Zen Bitch Lab. We got Roman, Oliver, Axel. We have a couple of them, Stefan. Yeah. Jules on vocals. Steve in San Diego. Atara, Andrew, Kimya, Zoom user, Jeffrey in Seattle delivering things. That's cool. 
Uh, I wanted to mention, we have a talk today at 4.30 Pacific time here. And then on January uh, 20th, we're going to be talking in Temecula down south. I think it's up on the website or it's going to be up there. I'll call Mike. But we're going to have an open meeting. The one we're going to have the 21st, I don't know yet because we're in an Airbnb. I don't know if I can, whatever. But we're having a meeting in Temecula on the 20th, January 20th at two o'clock Saturday. Okay, we've got uh, Dana. Nice to see Dana, Michael, Stacy. I'll see you guys, you later. Al in Vegas. We got, let me see, I can't see this guy here. Hey, Paul, just to let you know, I don't see it on the site yet. All right, so I'll call him up, Mike. My, my Mark, yes, nice to see Mark. Peter, yep, Chris B. Austin, Martin, Joseph C., France, Jess Lockhart, Miak, yeah, Kathy in Cleveland, Tom, Denver, oh, Irina, Irina, German. We got a, another part of the German block, pretty good, powerful. Chris Monrovia, formerly of Mammoth Lakes. We got a... <laughs> from Peter to everyone thank you well yes that's nice Andrew Kimya I don't know I can't see there's more people I can't see them all though but if I missed you I'm just saying hello thank you for holding this space uh, remember the us is a profound uh, sense yeah. and it's the us the that loving God's expressing itself through us in this group conscience. So it's very cool. All right. Thanks. See you guys later. Bye-bye. We'll see you in Jamaica.